Hello and welcome to episode two of the Innovation Conversation, brought to you by Innovation Network. In this episode, we talk about self-cleaning chairs, parking lots and COVID-19, and much, much more. I really hope you enjoy. The episode lasts around half an hour. Hello and welcome to the Innovation Conversation, episode two. So we've got Grant Vernon. Say hi, Grant. Hey, everybody. Great to be back. Episode two, we made it. Most, most shows never make it past the pilot. So <laughs> we got Chad Smith. Say hi, Chad. Hi. I'm not so sure about Grant's stats, but uh, let's just run with it. <laughs> Read it on the internet, Chad. It must be true. <laughs> and I'm Connor. <laughs> awesome. Okay. So let's shall we just ju- jump straight into it grant you've got the first topic. yeah uh my first topic is um i got a couple of emails asking where's that crazy lovable dutchman that you guys work with so i thought we'd better tell all the listeners uh professor Rodi is uh he was the only man in the netherlands to have bought and sold a house during the covid lockdown which shows you the power of his innovation and he's currently renovating a house installing stairs all kinds of things and we hope to have him back in the next week or two so that's the update on the Crazy Dutchman coming soon to a podcast near you. Yeah, the pod haven't met, met me yet, but he's, he's here, guys. Yeah. He'll, he'll join us, don't worry. Yeah, he's real, I tell you. <laughs> All right, uh, I wanted to tell you about uh, my first little um, innovation article of the week, which I really, really love. Um, and it's all about business model pivoting during COVID. Um, and a, a little bit of a boring topic, but so, so interesting, which is parking. So the parking business, can you imagine um, paid parking in big cities worldwide uh, come to a grinding halt because no one's traveling? Yeah. So it was super interesting to see that uh, the, the parking economy in, the, in America alone is almost an $11 billion industry. Um, likewise, I'm sure it's the, uh, equally valuable in all the sort of um, really sort of tier one cities of the world. So it was really, really interesting. There's a couple of startups that had leveraged the parking industry from the traditional sort of players. Um, so uh, there were a couple here that I wanted to tell you about. Uh, let's have a look. Uh, Curb Stand is one. Um, so a startup that partners with restaurants, hotels, airports, and residential buildings, apartment buildings to provide valet parking services to customers. So how cool is that? Uh, you're getting home to your, your, your flat in London, Connor, uh, and you just, in the app, book a valet parking service. They take your Bentley, they park it somewhere and bring it back later. Uh, they've got 10,000 spaces to, to let across um, uh, the city that they're based out of in the States. So, so, so clever um, and, and cheaper than traditional parking. Uh, there's been a couple of others, Air Garage instead of Airbnb, love that. Um, uh, Air Garage had a really clever model, which was that they found people that own their own parking lots but don't max out their capacity, like churches, uh, community centers, and it leverages those parkings that aren't always in demand and rents them out. Uh, so, so, so clever. Um, and then, obviously, with COVID, the parking industry just plummeted. The revenue basically dried yeah. up. So, so they were looking for new business models. So they've converted parking lots into... Um, the first one I saw was COVID-19 testing centers, so socially distanced testing centers. Uh, then Air Garage uh, created uh, the, the world's first uh, outdoor cinema COVID style. So um, $25 per car, and they sold all 20 spaces in the first 
iteration. So drive-in movie theater. Um, next, uh, they've turned parking lots, empty parking lots into pop, pop-up grocery stores. So you, you don't shop in a normal grocery store, you want some social distancing into a grocery store, uh, you go to a wide open um, uh, outdoor grocery store. Uh, other things they've turned parking lots into, um, so live stream funerals. So, so not a funny topic guys, but um, very clever business model. Um, yep. park, parking lots with um, live streaming funerals. Um, so the tech and all the space. Doctors are turning parking lots into consulting rooms to treat non-emergency room problems. So again, unused space. Uh, lawyers are notarizing wills in between parking spaces and parking lots. Uh, and some restaurants have turned their parking lots into tables so that you can have a really nice social distanced um, parking lot. So I love that story. Um, it's a little bit of good news out of COVID and uh, super, super clever ways that people have pivoted their business model. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, that's just um, using it. I mean, car, car lots are, are essentially just space. And, and I guess in COVID times, it, that space is completely unused. So if you can bring it in a, innovative ways to, to use that space, that's re- really clever, you know. Um, and and I, I guess you're just using existing business models and, and um, using it for a market that, that um, needs those business models such, such as um, parking. So that's really clever. Yeah. Chad, yeah, any thoughts yeah, on that? Too, too cool. Well, I actually read the first part of this article, which was, uh, I wanted to ask the question, why did drive-in movies actually stop in South Africa? Because, yeah. I mean, it, it was such a huge, huge business. Everybody used to come together and actually enjoy a movie in a different sort of setting that was more relaxed than your average cinema, you know? Um, also, I mean, it's fantastic and just shows how an empty space can be pivoted into something that's actually extraordinary when it looks at the current um, states of society. And I think that's just exciting for people to see how easy and cheaply a business can be pivoted. Yeah. Yeah, yeah brilliant. Definitely. If you're listening and you pivot your parking lot, we'd love to know. Send us an email. <laughs> Just looking at my window and thinking, what am I going to do with the ten? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's it's the Airbnb farmers market. <laughs> <laughs> the, the the sort of garage Airbnb one is is that the um, people using their own driveways or? Yeah, yeah. So that's um, so that's uh, private people. So like Airbnb, you you let out your your parking, right. um, and then they match you to a hotel that needs valet parking. Um, or, or you could be a flat dweller that wants to get valet parking. So super clever. Um, I haven't seen that in London yet. So that could be no, one yeah. of those startup books. I, I have known people in London to um, to literally just sell out their, their driveways, but not, not for a platform like, like Airbnb. So that would be a really clever platform to develop, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Too, too cool. Why, Connie, you want to start that? Yeah, possibly. I mean, <laughs> we, we we got a new startup to start next week. I got two orders for RoboBird, Connor. So oh, do you? Oh, wow. You got orders for it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Uh, do you have another topic for us, Grant? I do. I do. So this one is a little bit more serious. Uh, we always have a segment on corporate innovation, um, and I found a really lovely article which mentions a technique that 3M, uh, 3M, a company close to our heart, because they manufacture post-it notes. Post-it notes are the absolute core of the design sprint process. Can't do it without 4,000 post-it notes or less. And I often wonder whether the the guy 
I'll Jake Knapp that um, an idea those type of people must have had shares in 3M before they popularized prints. <laughs> um, but uh, really, really interesting. So uh, one of the techniques that 3M uses to tackle uh, new innovation opportunities is a cross-functional team uh, focused on a new market opportunity. So how powerful is this? In many companies, there's just a, an innovation team or a commercial team, but this is someone from all the different disciplines. So marketing, HR, finance, ICT, um, all partnered uh, in one team focused on a new commercial opportunity. Um, and, and they break up the team into scouts looking for new opportunities, entrepreneurs who I guess uh, hustle and build a business model out of these new opportunities, um, and then implementers there are the people that probably come afterwards uh, more focused on operationally starting to scale that up. And uh, I thought that was so, so clever. Um, it's not a new concept, um, but the cross-functional teams focused on a new commercial opportunity, I think will get bigger and bigger um, in the innovation space as people are forced to pivot, especially post COVID-19. Definitely. That's really cool. So, I mean, we, we found in our own courses that that um, sort of teams made up of lots of different backgrounds can lead to some really exciting innovation ideas. So that's, that's a really good way to go about it, I think. Chad, do you have any thoughts on that? Uh, no, I was just thinking about our team and all the different skills that we have oh, yeah. on our team and how well we actually work together and where our qualifications actually lie, which if you're being very honest, they don't truly fit together at all but um, it sort of works and i actually really like that whole concept yeah definitely. Yeah, I, bet, I bet most people um don't actually use the thing that they studied um and then you bring all those diverse skills into one cross-functional team yeah so i really love that it's the, it's the different personality types as well i guess that comes with those those skills which which might be yeah. um, a really cool team dynamic very true yeah yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So shall we move on to the next topic then? Yeah. Are you guys ready for my innovation pick of the week? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Let's, Let's do yeah. it. How do, how do you beat RoboSloth? How do you oh, beat them? Uh, we're, going, we're going COVID hygiene this week. Uh, so there's a French company um, that's developed self-cleaning fabric that kills viruses. Uh, and they, so it's a decontaminating uh, fabric. Uh, and they say, what if your seat on the subway could fight off the coronavirus? Like, how cool is that? And they're already equipping local metro underground trains. Um, don't say underground to the French, it's metro. Um, but the trains are getting uh, self-cleaning fabric that kills viruses. Uh, too, too, too cool. Yeah, definitely. That's, that's amazing. I mean, um, I, I wonder how much that costs to develop because, you know, that's, that's, I, I'm, I'm not even sure how, how high tech that is, um, or whether it's, it's some sort of material, but um, that's really cool. Yeah, clever, clever idea. So I, I don't know, I also don't know much about the technology behind it, but talk about um, the right thing at the right time. Yeah. Those uh, public transports, high volumes, so a self-cleaning, self-decontaminating uh, fabric super super cool a kind of a good example of how urgency can can really um spring up some some good innovations because i mean um th th that might not have been even in development before covid times you know um mm -hmm. but but the necessity for it m might have brought it uh, forward if you know what i mean yeah absolutely. absolutely well actually i think there was a number of years ago cars came up with hyperallergenic um sort of car seats. I wonder if it's a build on or sort of a branch of that innovation that came out, I think it was five or six years ago. 
That's cool. Is that like, um, so, so it doesn't um, attract pollen and stuff like that? Um, it sort of helps with uh, sort of skin irritations and other sort of, uh, I think it's called like other minor infections and such. And then there's also the uh, deodorizing uh, material that they used to put into the roof lining. Oh, cool. Yeah, so I, I wonder if that's also on that same level or if those are older uh, innovations that this built on. But yeah. uh, I think a lot of this has been in the works for a while. Yeah. I, I imagine nanotechnology, little tiny robots farting off the virus. <laughs> a spec chat one is more closer to what it really we, is. We need. We should have brought on a, a guest scientist for this, really, shouldn't we? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've I've got a quote problem. here. I, I've I've just read the purpose of the of this reaction is to oxidize compounds and turn them into harmless molecules like water or salt. So that that yeah. sort of gives a little bit of insight on how it works. Yeah. Um, cool. That's really interesting. I'd love to dive into the science of this, but I don't think we have time. <laughs> yeah. Next episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so shall, shall we get onto the rating then for today's? Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. So first of all, we got simplicity. Now, this is a tough one to rate simply uh, for, for this specific use case because um, I'm sure it wasn't that simple develop, to develop. But it does sound very simple having material that that fights off uh, infections. So, what do you guys think? Yeah, yeah. I suppose the initial tech was probably pretty complex, actually. But um, yeah. I like the, the idea itself. Yeah. The idea itself, yeah. I think, was really easy. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah, because I mean, um, you know, um, they could have really overcomplicated it, I, I suppose, you know. Um, I, I'm not sure what that looks like. Maybe a, a big sanitization spray comes in your, into your face or something. Um, yeah. So, so on, on that sort of run, it is quite simple. Um, <laughs> luckily, they didn't go too crazy with it. Yeah. Um, so Should I. You have I seven? Yeah, I was, I was thinking about a seven, yeah. Well, I'm good at that. Yeah, I concur. <laughs> yeah? awesome <laughs> all right so next we've got oh, oh we might want to say um we have changed it from last episode the uh, the rating system um we thought that there, there might be a, a bit too many last episodes so um we are rating it this week on simplicity impact and ease to implement mm. um so on that note shall we go on to impact then yeah i'd say it's a nine myself like that's okay. it's killing viruses Very maybe impact. do we go 10 Oh, I'm, I'm not willing to go 10, but I'll go with the <laughs> nine, especially because yeah. of uh, the climate of today's society, you know, with the virus going around and everything. I think it's an absolutely essential part of public transport now. Definitely. I mean, I, I don't actually drive, um, but I'm not taking public transport either because, um, you know, I, I don't want to go near it really. Um, so yeah, this, this would be a great idea. And, and if there's more innovations like this, then, then maybe I, I could go on public transport pretty soon, if you know what I mean. So that's, that's quite exciting. So impact wise, I think, yeah, it, we're definitely right to give it a nine. Um, Sounds good. So should we go on to ease to implement then? Yeah. So this one, um, yeah. I'm not not so sure. You'd have to replace a lot of material on existing carriages. Um, I'm I'm thinking that this might be a around a four personally. But what do you guys think? I'm gonna go five. Chad, you be the decider. Ooh, I, I would go five because you know what? Um, as a, an upholsterer, a friend of mine's father was an upholsterer, and uh, yes, the job was hard and it did take take time, but um, it it wasn't 
the the most difficult thing to just cover seats. It's the other stuff around it that was uh, difficult. So I'm, I'm going with a five. Yeah, um, sure. It's oh. also, yeah, it's just, I think the, the biggest part is that it takes a lot of time to implement because of the number of seats in uh, public transport. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm a bit biased because um, my, my local um, train company, uh, I won't dub them in, I won't name them, but um, we're still riding carriages from the 70s and they're only just Ouch. replacing them. So yeah, I, I definitely don't have much faith in, in the Welsh government sort of uh, replacing <laughs> the uh, materials there. But yeah, definitely. So we've got um, simplicity, 7 out of 10, impact, 9 out of 10, and ease to implement, 5 out of 10. So it's 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 not bad, but I don't think that's beating the robo sloth yet, is it? Yeah, okay. Not yet. Not yet. But definitely we'll keep going, Robo Sloth. We will beat you. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Okay, shall we move on then to um the creativity tip of the week? Yeah, um, so I wanted to just uh share screen and show you a little technique that can be really useful for those of you running any sort of innovation activity, and it's a time timer. Can you see that on screen, uh, the little red uh, colored area that extends to take up an hour? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, that's... that's... So I'm not sure how we'd describe it to listeners. I, I, I suppose it's um, it's similar to a, a, a normal uh, clock. However, you, you've got um, a, a certain um, amount of it is, is red, and I'm guessing that um, sort of decreases as, as the time goes down. Would you say that's a great good way to describe it, Grant? Yeah, and kind of the, the history of this was it was invented by a preschool teacher because the irritating kids would always say, how many minutes left? And they had no way to visualize what that meant because they didn't understand time, right? So guys, if you picture on screen a normal alarm clock with a 60-minute timer and you twist a little um, dial and the red colors up the numbers of minutes that are left, and as the time elapses, um, so the red disappears showing you how much time is left. So it's a very visual way to show how many minutes are left out of an hour originally designed for, for, for preschool kids, kindergarten kids to show them how much, how many minutes were remaining until some activity would start. Uh, if you just Google time timer, uh, you'll pick it up on the net. Um, and it's a very effective tool for any sort of innovation activity. And the reason for that is called uh, uh, the, the, the Parkinson's principle which says that any task will expand to fill the time that you have available. So if you're given an hour to brainstorm, you'll take the full hour. But if you were just given five minutes and you were really focused with a sense of urgency, you'd probably be able to be equally, if not more effective than the hour. So um, if you are running an ideation session, any sort of uh, task meeting at the time, time it just gives people a very visual a time deadline that we've got this much time and we've got to finish the task in the time remaining. Um, so it's a very, very cool innovation tool uh, used for ideation, brainstorming, but actually anything that you can think of um, that needs a bit of a time deadline in the innovation process. Oh, that is cool. Yeah, that, that, that could be innovation of the day. <laughs> I wonder how we'd score that. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. I, I can definitely see how it was created because um, as a kid, you really have no concept of time. I, I, I remember my dad, um, uh, when, when I'd ask, you know, um, 
are we there yet? That that question. Um, he, he'd always describe how many SpongeBob SquarePants episodes it, it would be until we're there. <laughs> that, that was my only concept of time was those thirty-minute blocks of like an episode. Yeah, exactly. So that that's probably a a, a version of it. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I, but I, I can of that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a great way to describe to kids how how you know time because it it is relative, as as Einstein says. Um, so yeah, a, a really good innovation. Um, and a really good creativity technique, uh, definitely. Um, Chad, do you have any thoughts on the time timer? Well, I, I just love the whole concept of uh, timing everything in innovation. I think um, it's very true that any task will take up the time that you allow. And I, I love how many ideas you can come up with in such a short space of time. So we did a, a, a sort of uh, webinar the other day where I think it was 10 people, uh, 20 people came up with about 80 uh, sort of ideas in the space of about five minutes. And I think that uh, considering one person was typing, it, it was absolutely amazing. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember that. And, and we did, we did make quite a few ideas didn't we just um and yeah i think you're right if, if we weren't timed then we definitely wouldn't have made that many ideas um yeah yeah it was yeah. like 50 plus ideas i think we did in five minutes it was oh, more than that yeah definitely. more than that yeah <laughs> yeah very impressive um but yeah no it's, it's again um going back it is it's sort of um that that urgency factor isn't it that that just creates so many more ideas i um i can't remember the, the exact quote but quote but in um in covid times the um the digital transformation of companies have have sprung forward three years you know um in in just one so definitely that that sort of timed factor is is key to innovation i think yeah, yeah that yeah, time urgency sure. is definitely definitely absolutely. part of it absolutely yeah cool so are we ready to move on to the innovation slash collaboration tool of the week then absolutely absolutely and the innovation collaboration tool of the week is my ai virtual meetings assistant uh, so if you go to x.ai you'll come across uh, amy i think it's andrew or a gender neutral meeting scheduler of your choice a uh, very very cool um it's an ai bot that will reach out to people and set up calls and meetings for you i, I tried this out i was an early adopter so i tried this out um four years ago i think uh, worked very cool until it went nuclear on one of my customers in a loop and he thought she was a real person. He got real angry uh, and I stopped using Amy. Um, but I dived in again uh, about six weeks ago uh, and it's really improved uh, all sorts of cool scheduling calendar integration um, techniques. So you just send someone an email, copy in your AI and say, let's line up a Zoom call or a coffee date um, and the, the AI will reach out to them give them a series of times and then book it in your diary. A couple of downsides. Um, I noticed that some of the invites do get caught in spam and um, it didn't cope well with a group of sort of 10. Uh, it gave up after a while, uh, but it still saves me a lot of time because I often need to set up calls with people yeah. and the to and fro, the email ping pong can be really frustrating. So I still love my x.ai meeting scheduling AI bot. Yeah, maybe, maybe they caught a whiff of um, people people thinking that she's a real person because um, now it announces in the very first message that it is a robot. So, yeah. so maybe that happened to quite a few people. Yeah, it was probably my customer, yeah. <laughs> now, Chad, yeah. you've used Amy. Uh, what did you think of the AI shit? Well, 
I have I used to schedule a lot of meetings that I think that's coming back to that time of year again where I'll be scheduling a lot. I used it today and it worked fantastically. I think it was human error that I sat in my meeting alone um, and the person didn't arrive because it was in my calendar and I'm pretty sure he got a calendar invite. So I, I don't understand what happened. But I do know that Amy works very well. Uh, it was as simple as copying, as you said, into the email and everything went just so smoothly. Yeah, and uh, the, the sort of entry-level version is for free. It doesn't get any better than that. Yeah. Well, I'm using the free version. It's fantastic. <laughs> it's, it's interesting. It, it is actually a, an artificial intelligence, isn't it? So um, how, how I describe this um, to people who are really foreign to the concept is it's like Siri or um, Alexa, just um, you email them rather than speak directly to them. Um, so I'm, I'm not sure if it has all the functionalities of like a proper AI like Google, Siri, or, or anything like that. Mm. However, um, I think uh, Amy is, is, a, is an expert of scheduling meet, uh, meetings. So it's, it's definitely got a use case, but it, it is a, it's, it's a proper AI, I think. So it's, it's really interesting, definitely. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, any more thoughts on X.AI or shall we start wrapping up? No, I think it's time to wrap up. Um, it'd be great to, yeah, if you're interested, we've got a whole lot of online events coming up next month. So if you're interested in any aspect of innovation, uh, lots of free sessions, lots of uh, paid webinars, uh, all kinds of cool stuff, innovationtrainingnetwork.com. Um, and we hope to welcome the, the Dutchman, Professor Rodi, back next week. Uh, uh, to join, join the join the party. Yeah, exactly. So you guys can finally meet yeah. him. <laughs> yeah, we we'll have to do a he's grand real. reveal. He's real. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not sure what that looks like, but everyone will be like, oh. <laughs> grand, grand reveal on a podcast is so much yeah. less anticipation built up. <laughs> you can't actually see the person. So, well, maybe we could do an MTV Cribs of his his new place. You know, <laughs> oh, we well. could, we could, yeah. <laughs> Also, hey, to our David, older viewers, is MTV it, Cribs is. <laughs> is it David Blaine? Which magician is doing that ascension stunt uh, traveling today with helium balloons? Have you guys seen that? I'm not sure. Well, has he already done it or is he going to? No, 31 August, live on YouTube. Ah, um, I think David Blaine, because I did hear he's, he's going to yeah, emerge in some way. Yeah. Some crazy stunt. So we'll tell Roddy we want something equally as crazy as this. Equally. On YouTube, yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Otherwise, find a way, find a way. Or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Sounds well, okay. Great. We'll see you guys in the next episode. So, uh, goodbye. Yeah. Bye bye, guys. Goodbye. Cheers. Thank you so much for watching episode two of the Innovation Conversation brought to you by Innovation Network. If you want to reach out to us, you can go to our website at innovationtrainingnetwork.com or you can email us at sales at innovationtrainingnetwork.com. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you in the next episode.